a man dies and goes to the pearly gates. St. Peter says, hello, sir. I'm sorry, our computers are down. So we cannot look at your life right now. Did you ever do anything, you know, any good deeds, anything remarkable? The guy thought for a moment. He said, yeah, there was this one time. I was driving down the highway, and I saw on the side of the road a woman who was being harassed by a motorcycle gang. So I pulled over to the side of the road. I got out my tire and iron, and I walked up to the motorcycle gang. The leader is this huge, muscular, hairy guy covered in tattoos in a giant nose ring. And I walked up to him, and I ripped the nose ring out. I pushed him, and I said, now listen here, fellas. You better leave this little lady alone, or you're going to have to deal with me. St. Peter said, wow, I'm impressed. When did this happen? The guy said, about two minutes ago. (laughs) Today's Gospel reading from St. Luke happened about 2,000 years ago. And yet it continues to pack a punch and speak to the present moment through the power of the Holy Spirit. It is St. Luke's version of the much more famous Sermon on the Mount. How many of us have heard of the Sermon on the Mount? Raise your hand. Found in Matthew's Gospel. This teaching, and found in both versions, Luke 6 and Matthew 5, are at the heart of Jesus' understanding of the kingdom. Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice! Your reward is great in heaven. Jesus is painting a picture of the future. Jesus is casting a vision of a future reality. The reality of the kingdom of God. A vision where God's will is fully done on earth as it is fully done in heaven. And for about 2,000 years, sometimes more, sometimes less, Christians have been about the work of the kingdom by helping the poor, feeding the hungry, and comforting those who mourn. To be a disciple is to do the things that Jesus did. To be a disciple is to do the things that Jesus did. Let's say that together. To be a disciple is to do the things that Jesus did. And Luke 6 really figures well into the mission of the Christian church, regardless of denomination. It reflects that mission. And it reflects our own mission here in St. John's, to love God, love others, and make disciples. Great. Wonderful. We can stop there and feel really good about ourselves. But in St. Luke's version of this famous passage... Not only are there four promises of blessed are you, but there are also four warnings. Woe to you. Woe to you who are rich. Woe to you who are full now. Woe to you who are laughing now. Woe to you when all speak well of you. Ouch! That's tough stuff. That's tough. Jesus is making it very clear 
that those who have and do not share will face spiritual consequences. Jesus is making it very clear that those who are full, those who are fed, but have no concern for those who are hungry, will face spiritual consequences. Jesus is making it very clear that those who laugh now, with no regard for those who mourn, will face spiritual consequences. Jesus makes it very clear that those who are so well thought of because they refuse to take a stand for anything will face spiritual consequences. If you feel a little uncomfortable right now, raise your hand. If you're not feeling uncomfortable as you listen to these words, perhaps you do not realize that Jesus is speaking them directly to you and directly to me. And by the way, spiritual consequences is a nicer way of saying judgment. This criteria of blessing and woes will be a part of the criteria that will be used, according to the Nicene Creed, when Jesus will come in and climb again in glory to judge the living and the dead. And actually, that criteria, this criteria of blessing and woes, is probably what will go through our minds along with some other things, when you and I are on our own deathbeds. We'll look back on our life and say, blessings, woes. And it will certainly be part of the criteria that other people will use when they evaluate our lives. Did that person bring blessings to people? Did they bring woes to people? Turn to someone next to you and say, are you blessing others? Turn to someone else and say, are you bringing woe to others? Again, this is an ouch, tough passage. Sharp motivation for you and I as individuals and you and I as a parish family to get on board with our mission to love God, love others, and make disciples. Let's say that together. Love God. Love others, make disciples. Disciples practice Jesus' way of love. And helping the poor, feeding the hungry, and comforting those who are sorrowful are ways of practicing this transforming way of love. So how are you practicing it? What are you going to do? Maybe your next step is to get involved with our fifth Sunday dinner. Maybe a next step for you is to get involved with our outreach and evangelism team. Maybe a next step for you would be to get involved in an organization that's making a difference in town, like the Dubuque Rescue Mission. Maybe the next step for you is to help someone who has a financial need. Or maybe to write a generous check to people who are helping those in need. Maybe your next step is to stop ignoring people who are upset. People who are weeping, people who have tears. You say, oh, I can't deal with that, people crying, I, I don't do that. Well, maybe it's time for you, your next step is to stop. Say, can I help you? Can I pray with you? Can I sit with you? Or maybe if the dynamic is different, for you to say, I'm sorry. A woman was shipwrecked on an island. And she lived on this island for two years. Yes. Yeah until she was finally rescued. 
And before she left the island, she gave the rescue party a tour. So they walked around, and the captain of the ship noticed a large hut near a river. Oh, is that, is that, is that where you lived? And she says, yes, that was my house. And so they continued to go around the island, and then he saw the smaller hut on a small hill. Oh, what about that? She said, oh, well, that's where I went to church. And then they continued to go, and there was another hill with another smaller hut. Uh, what about that one? She sighed. She said, well, that's where I used to go to church. <laughs> There was no McDonald's on the desert island, unfortunately. It was a period of great suffering for this woman. Yes. In Luke chapter 6, Jesus is painting a picture of the future. In Luke chapter 6, Jesus is casting a vision of a future reality. A reality that will be realized in the fullness of the kingdom of God. But we also, as a church family, have a picture of the future. We also have a vision for the future, for our church. That came out of this year-long process of conversation, discussion, and prayer. A vision, we believe, honors the Lord. A vision, we believe, reflects the reality of the kingdom. The basic vision statement is, with God's help, St. John's Episcopal Church will be a diverse family of disciples, active in our neighborhood, visible in our city, and reaching beyond Dubuque with the transforming love of God in Jesus Christ. Bless you. Not woe to you, but bless blessings to you, Amelia. Now, we will not hopefully be like that woman who looked at a different hut in the future, but we will, after a period of time, we'll be able to look back. We'll be able to look back and say, over 170 years of St. John's Episcopal Church, 170 years of worship services, of highs and lows in people's lives, highs and lows in the church. Over 170 years being in the fishing business. And we'll be able to look back and say, wow, look at where we've gone in this last chapter of our life together. We have become a church that is a blessing to those in this neighborhood, to those in the city, and those beyond. We become a discipleship church. We become a spirit-infused church. We've really become a church where doubts are okay, questions are welcome, and people are free to come as they are. We'll become, with God's help, a church where lives are transformed by love. The gracious, forgiving, and everlasting love of God found in and through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.